Heidi ho, good neighbors. Welcome to the Native Souls. I'm Fish, excited to be back with you. And I've got on the other end, all the way from Illinois, we've got Diz. And, and, and Diz, who's, who's, who's at your house? Who's the intruder? The one and only uh, Bishop Sherman Eugene Jones. <laughs> hey, wow. hey. I, I, yeah. I think I'm going to call Cleveland see if we have any other bishops that have Eugene somewhere in the title, too. You know, I guarantee there's probably one somewhere. See, Has to be. I, I'm going to choose to believe that he is the one and only. He is the one and only Sherman Eugene. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, fellas, how, how's Illinois treating you? You know, it's, uh, it's going really well. We've had nice weather for a week, so... Uh, I can't complain about that. So. Yeah, I've enjoyed my seven hours of here. Yeah. Here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, you, so you it, you drove there longer than you've been there. Yeah. Definitely. Pretty much. Because it's what an eight-hour drive. Nine. Not, wow. Okay. Nine-hour drive. And well, and guys, let me just go ahead and say that it is my pleasure to introduce this month's special guest, and it is the. It's hard to say it because someone's already thrown around the bishop title, but this man was bishop entitled before old Eugene. Um, but it is my pleasure to welcome to the Native Souls podcast, Bishop P. Randall Bowles. How are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm enjoying it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're just going to talk over them losing their minds in Illinois. Yeah, I didn't know if he said Eugene or New Gene. I wasn't sure about that. Oh, yeah, he's he is the New Gene. I got you. Okay. So... <laughs> We're excited to have you. We've talked many times about getting you on the podcast, and it just so happened to, the heavens open and, and allowed us to have you on here. So first and foremost, welcome. I hope you liked your goodie bag that, that we got you. Oh, yeah, it was outstanding. Yeah, we didn't get you one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, who, who, they're, they're sitting in Illinois like, what did he take I, I, I was like, who dropped yeah. that off? <laughs> yeah. the, I thought I was out of the loop on that one. <laughs> That and your checker in the mail. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, how was your how was your concierge? <laughs> Outstanding, the best ever. <laughs> Man, it's uh, it's been a good month though. Uh, how uh, me, uh, myself, and Randy were just recently in the great state of Maine. Um, I tell you what, it's a lot like West Virginia up there. Great people, um, just no not doubt. no mountains. But apparently what I learned is when we were touring Fort Knox is that where they both came into the Union around the same time, our state seals are very similar. They have the, I think they called it the lobster man. Yes. <laughs> and the farmer, and then we have the coal miner and the farmer. That's correct. And uh, and it's set off. And then they have, um, they have some, I think it's Latin. They have Latin that says for theirs, and it's Dorigo. Which means to lead the way. Yes, and sir. So, and then, which well, was, I thought you said Dorito. I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> Dorigo. Um, I actually asked uh, one of the um, one of the people from the camp, one of the pastors in the state, and he goes, "I have no clue what that means." But we caught a tour guide, and he let us know. And so it was it was pretty cool. Uh, great services up there, even though we were only there for two nights. But we were, we were, me and Jess were very happy to be able to go. So, um, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, what's going on in Illinois, Diz? Tell us what's been going on with you this past month. Uh, well, the uh, the past month is actually 
actually the first June in a while. I know since me and Holly got married that we haven't really been knee deep in some sort of uh, ministry related thing. Uh, June June used to be pretty pretty busy, but here you know we done three days of camp meeting and then we took a trip to Branson for our anniversary, and then that was it. The rest of June was kind of just. We were just at the church, staying busy with the church, and uh, that was really about all. Wow. Branson sounds romantic. Branson was really fun. It was pretty much just like a pigeon. I mean, it was exactly like a Pigeon Forge, actually. Like, everything that's in Pigeon Forge, they had it there. Did y'all catch Dino's show? The what? Oh. Come on now. The okay. piano player, Dino. Yeah, You guys don't know of Dino? I've, I've heard of Dino, yes. I have never. Repent, therefore, and be baptized. Mm. <laughs> I, I you probably know don't know who Zamfir is then either. Uh, I do. He was just recently at West Virginia camp meeting. <laughs> yes, pan flute, baby. <laughs> Going to town. <laughs> the Lord was moving, and so was the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> It was an experience. We're taking this camp meeting right for an iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyways, enough about that. Um, I've had an awesome month. We not only did we get to go to Maine for a couple days and it worked out. I got to really do all that I could do in Maine in the two days. Um, They had all that I could eat lobster. So I ate four and a half lobsters. And I mean, this is like, they just hand you the lobster and they're like, good luck. And so you just break that thing in half. And I mean, it's really like being at a crawfish boil down the South, but it's the Texas Mm -hmm. version because everything's bigger. Amen. (laughs) Um, So, so, but it was, it was, it was amazing. And, and to talk to the students up there to say that uh, they're like, oh yeah, that's what tourists see. It's not a big deal to us. Well, it was they got those those lobsters were five dollars a piece pretty much and and so I told them well I ate four and a half that's like a hundred and fifty dollars back in West Virginia and they were like no way so and then the next day we went and toured and got to see but I had a whoopie pie a red dog and a moxie soda and I asked someone there was like is there anything else left to do in Maine and they said nope you're officially a Mainer now <laughs> so. Wow. So, but we left there and we went to Indiana, and so we had a great time there with, with old J.D. Wall and his wife Crystal and all the amazing people in Indiana. And I remember on the podcast when I, we were talking about doing that, that someone said that they were going to drive over and visit and hang out with us one night. Yeah. Yeah, no show. He did not show his face. <laughs> wow. We, uh... Traveled too much at the beginning of the month. Yeah, so so me and me and Jess got they they did the sacrifice bun on us apparently because you know we were like two and a half hours from them and we're like now we're that never happens and they couldn't come out and see us. Yeah, man, I would have yeah. been there. I, I believe it, Randy. I'd have been there. Randy, it, was like, it was about three and a half actually. Uh, okay, compared to the nine that it normally is. I'd have been there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think your numbers are adding up on this one. <laughs> but my yeah. numbers in my bank account didn't add up either. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I feel like I feel like Sherman was sharing about that though. If you would give more, then the Lord would give back to you more, right? Mm. Is that what you're? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. Good measure, he was really, uh, 
He was he was preaching uh, a lot of Joel Osteen's messages. So <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> Name drop. Let's preach straight Bible, y'all. <laughs> oh goodness! So, but this episode is officially going to drop in July, and so I will say that I've had my first July Fourth in Huntington because we were out of town for the last July Fourth, and it was a war zone. Like, oh wow! Fireworks Shooting? going off for hours and hours, and a- I, I said we are in downtown Fallujah. This is where we are right now. And so I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? I walk outside. There's so much, there's so much smoke. Like it's foggy. They've let off so many fireworks in downtown Huntington. I mean, we don't even live in downtown, but in Huntington, there's so many fireworks that it's become foggy on the river and it has nothing to do with the the weather. So yeah. And the the good part was that I thought, you know, oh, well, that's, you know, this is July 4th. No, they got July 5th, July 6th, July 7th. (laughs) Oh, well, apparently uh, after July 4th, the sales at the firework tents just go down and down and down. And they're like, you can't save these for next year because we'll have more whisker doodles. (laughs) (laughs) You got them, light them, baby. Snakes and sparklers. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was. It was real. It was. And so now it's just like, if I'm laying in my bed at night and I hear that, I'm like, I don't know if it's gunshots or if it's fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it classy, Huntington. Oh yeah. <laughs> Always. Oh goodness. Well, listen. It's just for our listeners' sake. It's getting late. And I'm ready to drink some more coffee. So, what are you guys drinking tonight? We are drinking uh, Sundog Coffee Roasters from Decatur, Illinois. Mm. Didn't you just mm. post about that one today? I did, yes. The, oh, I saw that. Blend. Mm. Yeah, that, that looked yeah. great, man. It is so good. It's it's really, it's kind of light. It's got a, a little bit of a citrus to it, and it's also got a little bit of a spice to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. on the back end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what do you think's bringing the, bringing the heat? Uh, I really don't know. I'm not there yet, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, myself and Randy here in West Virginia are for me it's a first i think Diz, you featured some cold coffees before um in your travels but we will be having for the first time live in the studio a cold brew uh made by yours truly and it is from old village roaster uh vicky made it up just for me which vicky always makes me feel special there at old village roaster and it is the caramel royal or as i like to say the caramel royale that's how I would say it. Car- Carmel Royale. If it's A-L-E with a Y in front of it, like, you know, Yale University, you know. <laughs> so so real quick, speaking of Carmel, and I don't mean to sidetrack this, it's not it's not a very long thing. I just need to share this because I need to get it off my heart. So I was Go ahead and release it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was preaching just a couple days ago, and the whole caramel and caramel thing really got to me and when I when I came to the verse that said Elijah went up to Mount Carmel Carmel or whatever I said caramel in the pulpit mm. Mount Mount Caramel Every time I read that verse I feel like I'm going to Mount Caramel 
So so yeah. either either you offended someone from Weight Watchers or people <laughs> yeah. from Israel. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone got hungry. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But not yeah, for the Lord. So. Mm. Um, so, but it is a cold brew that I have brewed in the fridge for 26 hours with a little bit of sweet cream. And Randy, just because you're new, we will explain to you here on the Native Souls podcast. We love to let the listeners in on the sip, on the slurp. Yes. Oh, God so, is good. So what you're going to need to do is get your coffee in your hand, gentlemen at the ready. And we are going to say, um, here's to another great month. And then we will all partake of a sip together. So, guys, good to hear you. Good to hang out. Here's mm-hmm. to a great month. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so much more difficult with a straw. <laughs> I heard the straw. <laughs> I said, somebody's sipping a straw. Sherman just hit the floor with his drink of coffee. <laughs> it knocked him on the ground. <laughs> that spice. I oh. couldn't handle the slurp. <laughs> oh, this good. coffee is phenomenal. Mm. So, funny story about cold coffee. I never really drank it till I started spending time with Randall Bowles here, Bishop Randy. Man, it's my um, favorite. They will do a just iced coffee Mm -hmm. and he gave me the in in and out of how they make that and let's see i think one of the first times was when you had done jamaica blue mountain coffee and you done it as an iced coffee yes and it was unreal so now when i make cold brew i try to bring some to randy because I need him to sign off on if it's good or not. Because if if Randy likes it, then just about anybody's going to like it. So the most recent cold brew I made for him was Bones chocolate cherry or chocolate strawberry cheesecake. So they yes, did the Lord. they were selling those what sixteen ounce bags for fifteen dollars, trying to get rid yes. of it. And I said, oh, we're getting ready to go to Maine, so we're going to get some. I'm going to make him some cold brew, and. And I enjoyed it, and we sat the night before I left. We sat there and drank a cup together, so so it was good. Um, what that was sounds the, amazing. I'm trying to think of what flavor I had made. Um, oh, it was the cinnamon. Yes. And Joy said, Randy's wife was like, this, t- this tastes more like tea. Hello. So, so now, whenever I come and I'm like waiting for her to say, "Does it taste like tea? Don't taste like tea. Don't taste like tea." <laughs> so, so true, man. So true. So, um, but so the caramel royal cold brew and cold brew just brings out such a sweet natural flavor of the coffee, and hopefully, all of our listeners at some point will appreciate a good cold brew. It, um. It, Starbucks has a pretty good cold brew. Um, the nitrous cold brew, which seems to be coming a standard there. Um, and then a lot of good local places will have a good cold brew that they make themselves. Um, when we were in Indiana, we had cold brew from a place called The Abbey. And it was nitrous cold brew homemade. Um, but How was that? It, it had a little bit... 
of a fermentation taste to it. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. it was different, <laughs> um, but I think they had the com- uh, they had fresh kombucha that they yeah. had made oh, themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were like right next to each other. So I don't know if like that was like something like you know they were back there hanging out. Um, That's interesting. I bet that was unique. Yeah, it was. Um, so it was dark, and actually, someone was like, "It's like a Guinness." So I've never, never had a Guinness beer, but <laughs> I'm going to say that's as close as I'm going to get. If that's the case, absolutely, I'm with you on that so, one, man. Um. Well, with that said, um, we're going to move on. We're not going to worry about. Um, doing anything with what we're reading or anything like that because personally I've not done a whole lot of reading recently it's been getting prepared for uh, the camps I've been doing and things like that and and so I think it's the same for the other guys but um, really what we wanted to talk about tonight we'll get right into um, our tire our our, uh, our topic we wanted to go with the topic um, last month we did the Bible study and we did Ephesians 6 and it was really good we really enjoyed it, it was it was definitely different but this time um, we just wanted to um, really just lock in on this topic that um, and I, and I kind of talked to you Randy when we were doing it of we try to like really agree on a topic that fits our guest. And so when we had uh, Rod Justice on, we hit uh, operating in the anointing and, and really feeling that and flowing in that. And so um, it was we it was like immediate agreement of how do we, what would we do with Randy? And it was being um, uh, creating uh, and um, sustaining or keeping a, a culture of honor. And um, and so I think what I would like to do is just kind of start out with um, the spiritual side of it, but maybe towards the end we'll kind of hit on the practical side of it too, because what I want to do is be able to offer our listeners some kind of keys of what they can do, whether it be on a weekly basis or, you know, however uh, we feel uh, that basis that will allow them to start or or to begin to create that culture, whether it be, I mean, this doesn't just have to be in your church. This could be in your family. This could be, um, you know, just in any groups that you have in your life. Um, so, uh, so, um, culture of, when it talks about a culture of honor, obviously it really talks about how your people treat you, they treat each other and they treat the people outside of the church. Um, and then I've also done, I've seen a lot of people when they do studies, they will incorporate honor as it, as it, uh, as it communicates with the fivefold ministry and honoring leadership in the church. Um, so why don't you just give us a, a little blurb or something, kind of get us started on what, whenever we said the topic or creating a culture of honor, what does that statement mean to you? Well, honor is about value and about seeing the value in others. It's about worth. It's about esteeming people. Um, And if I could, um, when I think about uh, honor, I go back to a moment when I was a student pastor a long time ago. 
um, I was a student pastor and I was in this kind of toxic environment. Uh, the the pastor was a great guy. He, he was my pastor, and he was awesome. And uh, he, he really knew how to love people, and he showed honor to authority, anybody in authority, whether it was, you know, ministers in our denomination or it was the local law enforcement, the fire department, whoever it was, he always showed honor to whoever they were, whether that they were of high esteem in the community or not. He esteemed them highly. And uh, I can remember a, a time when he was under attack as my pastor, and uh, I was searching how do I how do I help him uh, in this moment because he's always giving honor. How can I honor him and shift the atmosphere? And I literally found this book, um, and it's an old book, and I'm dating myself, so I don't even know if this is available. Uh, but if you can find it on Amazon or you can find it somewhere, it's called Anointed to Reign. And it's about the life of David, and it's by Dr. Ron Cottle, uh, and that's, I think he spells it C-O-T-T-L-E. But um, to me, honor is about giving uh, giving others the platform, giving others the, the notoriety, giving them the value that, that they deserve. Because sometimes people don't even, they don't feel any value about themselves. They, they, they feel so insignificant and and feel so beneath what what really God's called them to do. But but when you begin to honor people, you begin to release gifts. You begin to release uh, purpose and destiny, if that makes sense. I hope that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, sorry, I was trying to make a note of that book because we'll definitely want to uh, share that when the post goes live so that, that um, people, our listeners can definitely go and pick that up. Um, <clears throat> and so, so um, that's something that we actually rot hit on is um, the Lord dealt with him about sharing, um, well, really, you know, we say pulpit, but opportunity, yeah. creating opportunity. Absolutely, for yeah. Um, and then for us, like for me, when I think about uh, a culture of honor and not so much with opportunity, um, which opportunity is there, but let me just say from the aspect of not preaching ministry, um, the culture of Oceana Church of God has just always been amazing to, to me. Um, I can think of your your armor bearers and your leadership who who have always always made me feel at home there. Um, I know that you know recently um, you know I, I feel like family and and you've you, you know I think I'm really starting to come into the fold as much as I've been able to come and and do ministry with you guys. Oh, yeah. um, but there's still there's still a lot of people who go out of their way. Um, on a Sunday to make me and my wife feel very special to be there. And, and that is something, um, would you say that that's something that, that you've created in the culture or is that just, you know, we're the South and people are nice by, (laughs) by default. Um, but, but if it's something that, that you've done or, and, and let's be honest that it's something that obviously the Lord's done work in someone's life, but, but you've had to be obedient to, to the word of the Lord and to him to operate in these people's lives. And so just for, just for the sake of our listeners, if we say something that we've done, obviously it's God at work. Um, so that way we don't have to feel like we've got to give the caveat every time we talk about, yes, sir. um, so when you t- when I, when I talk about how the people of Oceana Church of God make guests feel, make other ministers feel, 
was that on purpose? Uh, like something that you set out and said, this is, w- this is who we want to be? Or is that just, like I said, the c- culture of the South? Um, well, it, I would like to say it's the culture of the South, and I would like to say that um, because that's the easy thing to say. But unfortunately, when I first came here, that was absolutely not the culture. Uh, there, the culture was disrespect. The culture was dishonor. And uh, it's been a very intentional thing. And a lot of that uh, comes from Romans uh, 12.10. And this is kind of my anthem uh, when I started training leaders and started trying to pour vision into them. And Romans 12.10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And that scripture has kind of been an anthem that, that we've used over the years, and, and it's poured in at every level of development, and there's great intentionality in that. Uh, because I, I think we live in an area uh, where that should be the case, but unfortunately has not been the case. And I think in order to shift people's mindsets, I really felt led by the Holy Spirit to really make a, a an intentional effort to cause people to really look at others. And, and instead of finding the flaws, because small town is all about everybody knows each other and everybody knows each other's business. And I said, instead of us seeing their business and knowing who their uncle is or who their dad was, let's let's see them the way Jesus saw them. Just like when they brought the, you know, the crippled man and they tore the roof off. Mm-hmm. Jesus called him son. You know, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you before he was ever, before he was ever a son. Jesus saw him as he would be, not as he was. Mm-hmm. And so the intentionality of all of our training is is to give honor and to and to make people feel value and worth, especially because in in our area, you know that's not the case a lot of times. And so it's been a struggle. I'd like to say that we did that super fast and mm-hmm. it, and it turned around, but it's years and years of just pouring and and sometimes uh, reiterating, hey, we we can't treat people that way. Yeah. And uh, but I'm so proud of our people. I'm proud of the way that they display that. And for you to say that, uh, you know, helps me see that, you know, that they're receiving that and understanding how, because mm-hmm. I think God values that. I think when we honor each other and we have that culture of honor that, that we are honoring God because every leader is, is appointed by God. So mm-hmm. we're honoring God as we honor those who are in leadership or even just a fellow, bro- fellow brother, fellow man. When we honor people, you know, they're God's creation. So we're bringing honor to God when we, when we value people. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 that really hits on um, what's been for me the story, the the Bible story that's really driven uh, just how important honor is is honoring leaders no matter what. And and for me, I always go back to um, David staying his spear on Saul. Yes, and I mean it's just literally because he was anointed to be king, and at this point, David knew that he was going to be king. No question, and. That one choice could have, you know, I guess given him the fast lane to the throne. But Saul was still king, and he honored that, even if it was just the title he honored. You know, Saul carried that title, and he honored that. And even that talks about, um, you know, you said that it's been a, a journey, a process. It's, it didn't happen overnight. These no people. question. That's right. And 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 there's a lot of wisdom in that for um, I really feel like ministers my age because our culture and I think we'll I think we'll say culture a lot tonight. But our culture is so fast. And and some you know I feel like there are there are definitely ministers who who maybe 
if the church isn't where they want it to be in two years, they're looking for the next thing. They are, and there's there's people who who feed off of the new thing, the next thing, and they want to just go and create. and And even in my personal study now, I'm studying Titus, and and uh, Titus is is crazy about that because there there's a level of that because. He is telling him, you know, you are to do this and then to develop the leaders and you're not supposed to go there to stay. Right. Um, and so I, I don't want to say that anyone who chases the new thing is doing the wrong thing because there's 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 positives and negatives to both of them. Absolutely. Because um, you can overstay. Yes. And um, but but I think there's a lot of wisdom in hearing God's voice to say just because things aren't going the way you want doesn't mean it's time for you to move on because I feel like we've all put uh, I think it's the mantles out uh, and, and, and if it doesn't go like well God if if I'm supposed to go then things are going to go bad yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that'll be my cue to say hey I'm I'm out and it's not really that way and and I think that um, you know if if people don't understand um, even you, the culture that the church that your church is in, and that it would really tell a story of how long um, this journey's been. Um, because uh, I know we have we we do have some listeners outside of West Virginia, and Oceana was recently in a documentary called Oxiana. That's and, correct, and yeah. it's ravaged with drug problems, and then with drug problems come family problems with fa- and so. Uh, your culture of honor now has taken on an identity of raising up literal sons and literal daughters, and so um, and it's nothing for uh, for me to be here on a Sunday and there be anywhere from like ten to fifteen students just hanging out with you all, and so that honor, that culture of honor, is even starting as far as as you know as young. As um, what nine? Some yeah, there's some nine year olds that come and hang That's out. That's correct. Yep. And so, so there, there's, there's definitely you know uh, something to be said about the culture of your church, how it goes against the culture of your community. Um, and so, what would be some advice you have for pastors who are, you know, I guess, um, setting up a culture that is counter to the culture that they are in as a community. Yeah, that's funny to use that those words because that's one thing that I tell them. We have to be the counterculture. And the counterculture is the kingdom culture. Uh, you know, not orphan, but adoption. And, and that's the thing that we really, really stress. And to those who are trying to do that, um, you know, I, I would like to say, hey, it's just going to flip. But you have to be patient. And you have to dig in for the journey. And, and you have to understand that as you are digging in for this journey, there are going to be there are going to be hills to climb, there are going to be valleys you'll walk through. But the thing is if you have that mandate from God to 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 bring honor, to to raise up sons and daughters, to to shift the culture from what is abnormal to what is kingdom normal. If you will stay the course uh, through that and and don't overlook those students, don't overlook those mm-hmm. students because uh, those students are the ones who will grab it the quickest. Uh, they're the ones who will embrace it the quickest because they want community and they want family. And, and that's one thing that 
is important to me is that we're family. It's not just uh, it's not just a, a church culture, but it's literally a kingdom family mindset. The you know in Acts where they kept coming together and they mm-hmm. kept eating together and teaching and sharing the word and praying and taking the Lord's supper and that released such an anointing and and I think because uh, we honored each other, you know, we value each other. Sometimes some of the greatest things that I ever hear. And that I ever have a part of in my life uh, are on these Sundays here in my living room because I, I find out what the culture has been invading them with. Mm. And then we get a take an opportunity to flip the script and say, hey, that's what the world says. But, you, you know, because I thought of something while you're saying this. It's a little off base before I lose it because I am getting older. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> before, I, before I lose this. I think that a lack of honor or dishonor, if we will, mm-hmm. if people would sometimes look, and especially that pastor who is trying to teach honor, I would submit to you because I've been, I was guilty. Uh, sometimes we are critical of what we don't understand or critical mm-hmm. of other ministries or critical of other people. And, and you can teach honor all you want to, but if you don't live honor, your dishonor will keep you from your destiny. Mm. And I think a lot of times people are not where they need to be destiny wise, but they have to check their honor. And, and, and that's one thing that I tell these kids all the time. You know, you can, and I say kids, some of them are in their 20s, late, early 30s. And yeah, they'll always be kids. Yeah, they're though. kids. But, uh, but I'll tell them just in this living room, and you've been sitting in this living room when we've done it before. Um, I'll tell them you can't you can't bring honor in every life in every area of your life but one and then leave it out here because you don't like it because it's mm. harder to give it because it's mm-hmm. more difficult to, to live it. Mm. Uh, you've got to do it all the way. And so so the pastors who are trying to shift the culture, I would say the number one thing is 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 live it as you give it. You know? Yeah, and and <laughs> and live it as you give it is definitely something. Um, that should really ring in the hearts of all believers because, um, and I myself have really seen that as a, as a culture, um, just to introduce, you know, cause as Christians, we live, um, in an American society. And so obviously the American culture is going to rub up against the church. And when it comes to honor as honor is due to the leadership, um, we can, with the current administration, we can harp that we honor honor it uh, all we want. But what does it mean um, to people who don't believe when they see maybe how critical we were of the previous administration? That's a very good point. And 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 I really can't find anything in Scripture that talks about well, if your leader is a believer, they're due for more honor. It's like you are honored leadership because all leadership's been placed by God. That's right. And so and and like I said, this is really something. Thing, this this idea of honor isn't just in the church or in your students. Um, it's it's meant for your family. It's meant for your work. It's meant for your friendships. That's it's right. meant for. I mean, it's just it's a principle that that will can literally go into any facet of your of your life. Um, so let me ask you: Have have you always felt? That uh, building that culture of honor starts with the students, as in, I'm going to, as a senior pastor, lead pastor, um, you know, that title changes so much, but as, as, as the... As the visionary of the house, let that be the next one. Yeah, there we <laughs> I'll go. be the house visionary. There we go. Yeah. Um, 
have you always felt that that comes directly from you building that culture in those students? Because um, you haven't always had them over at your house on Sundays. No, that's very true. Uh, yeah, because I, I really got a like an, a wake up call mm. probably, uh, you know, a decade or so ago because I didn't. Uh, when I first came, I had my wife was actually my student pastor when I first came. And uh, and then I had had other student pastors along the way, and they would always have the kids there, and I would always sew into my student pastor and other mm-hmm. leadership members and say, "Hey, this has got to it's got to just flow down, you know, all the way down." And uh, and and I realized at some point that um, you know even honoring students required my presence, mm-hmm. and, and because I I think the most valuable thing you can do to honor someone is to be there for them. Mm. Not just not just be there, okay, I showed up at your ball game, I showed up because you got an award, but I mean to be there for them. Meaning when when you get a text at, at 12, 12.30 at night, one thirty at night, and, and you get a call and, and I'm struggling with this or, or you know, they're broken or whatever's going on, but to literally be there with them. And, and I started seeing that about a decade or so ago, and I realized that, man, I've really got to uh, to, to give myself to them. Because honor is about giving yourself away. Uh, honor is about, is about lifting others and, and being able to watch them rise and cheer them on and celebrate uh, what God is doing in them and doing through them. And, and so it hasn't always been students uh, focused that way. But I, I think over the last 10 years, I've really uh, made a, a strict, uh, intentional emphasis to uh, to really involve them, so much so that you know I'm the oldest person on my staff. And that that <laughs> that that okay. Um, for anyone who doesn't know uh, Randy here, um, he's a I don't know. I'm not really going to say how old you are because I don't care. <laughs> I don't have any keychains. <laughs> um, oh, yes. <laughs> um, we love you, Bonnie. <laughs> but um, whatever your age is, you're a very young of that age. So um, it's not like, you know, you're hanging out with students and you're wearing your three-piece suit. And, yes, and, yes. I yes. mean, you are, you, you've taken to changing the culture by, um, you know, becoming a part of it and i know maybe someone would be like well you have to be in it of not of it and all that but 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 it's just it's not it's really for me it's based on your walk with the lord has nothing to do with the way that you dress amen i'll second that and so um so so for you to say that you're the oldest person on your staff means something because a lot of times you're the best dressed person on your staff. <laughs> Come on now, I'll receive that. Come on now. I like my J's. Yeah, rocking J's. Uh, the, the latest fashion statement would be the white pants. Yeah, the white skinny jeans, White man. skinny jeans. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, hey, it, it works. Um, uh, so... So when you're saying that, um, and this will probably get more into the practical side, but let's go ahead and just since since you brought this point up, because one of the things we do on Native Souls is we set it kind of broad and we let just the natural flow of the conversation roll. Um, you have you have a student pastor, yes, on, and 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 so 
how does the paradigm work now? Give me like like I'm 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 asking for the practical side because obviously when I ask this question, the answer would be, well, you know, we can all do ministry, but there are some things at play of when you're the one getting the call at twelve thirty, and it's like, well, I have a student pastor. How does that work with? You know, I this this guy's here. He's you're obviously not going to have a guy on your staff that's just a placeholder, so that you can uh, honor him by giving him a dummy position. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, what is what is practically what is the walk that you're going through? Of well, I want to minister this person. Is there a conversation with your student pastor of, hey, I got this message. I'm ready to hand this problem off to you. Or do you honor with your being there of, hey, you've come to me. I'm going with you through the whole thing. Uh, That's a good, that's a good, that's a very good question. Um, It's a little, uh, some of that is all, it's like all of what you just said uh, at different times. Yeah. Uh, Depending on how long um, I've had relationship with that student, meaning like if, like their parents have been in the church for the last 15, because I've been here 19 years. So if I've seen this kid and I've dedicated this kid Mm -hmm. and I've, you know, I've coached them in football or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there might be almost like that they're my own blood Mm -hmm. and so um and that's the thing about staying somewhere a long time uh sometimes i will stay connected throughout the entire process uh but you know i also because we're talking about honor i want to honor my student pastor who's kevin and he's a he's an educator he's a teacher uh you know he's got a heart for for students and he connects with them on their level i also want to honor him and so i always at some point no matter how deep the relationship is with me and the student and their family or whatever is i'm 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 trying to bring honor to Kevin and say, well, I, I feel like you should reach out to him. I feel okay. like the, feel like he could really speak into that. I'm, I mean, he was telling me the other, especially if it's something that's applicable, I'll say, you know, like he was telling me something the other day similar to this that he, he, he dealt with and he helped. And I feel like he's got great wisdom for that. And I really think you ought to use that resource, reach out to him. Uh, and then I always, without a doubt and without any uh, fail, I always update him if somebody's done that yeah and i try to keep him because again i don't want him to feel um you know powerless or to feel useless like he's just a figurehead or a title Uh, i want him to realize that he is pastoring uh, those students um and 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 I think that's just part of the process. But you have to be practical about that. You have to understand there are sometimes too that as a senior leader, or senior pastor, whatever we're calling ourselves, lead pastor these days, um, you have to realize there are some situations that that you just have to hand off. And and it's not about dishonoring the student in that moment. It's just like you know, as uh, as the lead pastor and the visionary, that I have to. I have to let that go. Mm-hmm. That's why God has given me this talented and gifted member of my staff that I have honored and tried to to really lift and, and let them realize their value. Now it's time for them to go ahead and operate in that gift because if not, I, I just become a micromanager squelching and with my thumb on everything mm-hmm. trying to, it's like it's like the panel with all the knobs. I must turn them all. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. At some point you have to say, okay, I, I trust them. But, but as a true shepherd, I think no matter what, you still always care. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do. I mean, I don't know if that's if I don't know how other people feel about, it, but I still care. So it's it's more of 
of I want to bring him to this situation, not so that I can get it off of my plate yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have so much on your plate already. But it's more of a matter of I want him in this situation because he's going to release. He has a gift to release yes, in this. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and so um, and 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 I'll tell you, it's easy in ministry to lose sight of that idea there of, um, you know, Maybe there's a lot of guys or even ladies that feel like they're hired to just meet a need, whether it be administratively or just to free the pastor above them to go on to other things. And that's definitely a, a as you talk leadership, that's a, that is a phrase, replace yourself so that you can go do something else that comes up a lot. And maybe, maybe that's not the phrase to say it's, you know. You're not letting go of that. You're releasing another, a new voice, a new, new gift into it, um, and so that person is not literally freeing you. They're just releasing something different into it. Absolutely, I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. That's that. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah. And 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 that's that's definitely a very very practical thing. Um, so so. So now let's just talk about um, your average attender. Um, maybe they're not, they've not started serving, they're not. Eventually that culture of honor has, they, they, they're going to brush up against it in some ways of other than there's people here that make me feel good. What What is the goal for that? Is it... These I've been treated so well that now I'll in turn want to do it, or is there another approach to that? I think that the last statement is close to that. I mean, the the goal is for them to feel such worth and value that the gift that God's given them awakens. You know, because everybody has a gift of some kind. You know, they they God's blessed them to 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 build it. Because we say you're saved to serve. You know, mm-hmm. God, God wants you to serve. So, and I know that sounds cliche and maybe old school, but I really believe I believe that God it brings salvation and rescue to people so that they can serve others and bring them into the same the same thing. And so the the, the hope and the goal is every time that we are valuing them and giving them uh, esteeming them and showing them honor is that that will awaken whatever the gift is within them to where we can find how that they can then release that gift and bring honor in that area you know whether it's like we have a lady who that uh it, it took me years you know and i won't mention her name i've not asked for permission but she's taken me years and she's a sweet lady she's not even that old but but sometimes people's mindset is old mm-hmm Sometimes their mindset is old and you have to convince them and show them that they're valued and worth because sometimes uh, people have been beaten down. And and just recently, I mean, the last nine months, uh, we just kept valuing this lady and kept showing her her value and worth and honoring her. And now she's the head of our hospitality. Oh wow! You, you know, and and you've you have been the recipient of some of that great breakfast that mm-hmm. she'll prepare. You know, and and have ready for church for people when they walk in the doors. 
Uh, but that's taken years to get her to understand her value, and that's her gift, and she is so fulfilled in using that gift that when I walk out there, it's not about the, the food. It's about seeing her being fulfilled mm-hmm. because, you know, we took time to honor her and to value her, and now she's valuing others, mm. you know, because that's been what God called her to do, and, and, and sometimes you just have to unlock that, and that's the hope we have with every person that we're, that whether they're just in the door the first time uh, we want them immediately to, to feel that worth and value because we want to awaken that gift and there's something to be said because you talked about the mindset and the war for cultures in the mind it is absolutely and and so for you how does it work when because we talked about like i said earlier of a little bit of what oceana culture oceana's culture looks like and because of the drug problem you know you've dealt with a lot of absentee parents or kids who come to you who they don't have great relationship with their parents and you know like for me being um you know, I've been married over a year, but I still feel like a newlywed. And I'm hoping when I'm 50, I'm going to say I still tell people I'm a newlywed. Um, but there have been men in my life who modeled how to be a husband. My dad, pastors, youth leaders that that I have really seen um, myself modeling even as a husband myself. So when a person doesn't have the mindset to replicate honoring other people, you know, because it's easy to say for a person who's been treated good or we've been treating it as a church for them to do. How do you go against that mindset of for a person who, you know, because of the absence, absentee parent or the way addiction really wrecks a family's culture? You know, it leaves usually I really feel like it's an empty mindset of no one wants me. I'm worthless. How do you go to war against that mindset to 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 really grab that culture and and make it honorable? Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing that we fight. Uh, it is because what we have noticed over the years in trying to to show them honor and worth is they have had so much negativity, like you said, from addiction, from being abandoned, whatever it might be. Uh, they have been beaten down so much that as soon as you start to make them feel value and worth, if they make any kind of mistake or anything happens that's negative in their life, they immediately think, well, God has let me down too. Mm-hmm. You know, God is not there for me. And so they, they don't even want to honor God. Um, I'd like to give you some great prescription for that, but there's three things that we do for that. Number one is prayer. Obviously we have to, we have to cover them. You know, you have to cover them with prayer. You have to fast. Sometimes the breakthrough comes and Jesus obviously tells you that there's some things, prayer and fasting is the only thing that bring breakthrough. And then the third thing is you have to father and mother them. Mm. You have to. And that is, that is exhausting. Mm. That's a, that's a, that's a sacrificial ministry. You have to, because, because sometimes it works out tremendous and sometimes it breaks your heart Mm. and you have to be willing to put your heart out there Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to, to understand that, that this one may not receive it, but they might, Mm. you know what I mean? So, um, that's how we combat it. I mean, I mean, I really, I really think that's, that's what we do. We pray for them. We fast for them. And then we literally make a commitment to be them. It's just like our kids. 
you know, we were on vacation and Hadassah told this lady in, uh, uh, in a store we were shopping. And uh, she's like, uh, is this your brother? Because Josiah was with her. Yeah, it's Josiah's my brother. And uh, is this the only brother you got? No, I have seven back at home. <laughs> and, and, and then the, the sales lady kind of looks at Hadassah. You're like, huh? And she said, oh, and I have six sisters too. <laughs> and she looks at me and Joy like, huh? Y'all have like 20 kids? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and these are only two that get to come out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they drew the lucky straw, you know. Uh, but... But that's that's the thing, and, and, and if you are a pastor listening to me, or you know, just a, a, a just a believer who feels a call to this, you have your family has to be all in. Mm. You know, my fifteen year old son and my nine year old, who'll soon be ten year old, and just a couple of weeks daughter, we sit them down and explain it to them. You know, because uh, some people are afraid because people come in and out of our lives. They come in and out of our lives. And, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to us. It's also heartbreaking to our kids. But they also understand that that is part of the call of being a part of the kingdom. Mm. And, and, and so as you, honor, as you honor life and you honor those that are fathers, you know, I, I believe that the scripture that says, you know, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. Well, who's the Lord going to use to take care of them unless it's his people? Mm. And so I really believe that God wants us as his as his people, as his sons and daughters, to find those that are orphaned and to bring honor back to them, esteem and worth back to them. This is what honor really is. Mm-hmm. And, and and to then be there for them and to mother and father them. And, and again, it's exhausting, but it's the only way it happens. And so in regards to your kids, is the conversation the most you can do to, to protect them from some of the like, because, I mean, it, it's a war. It's a war, war. and 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 I mean, you know, children can say they're all in. Teens can say they're all in, and they they don't really know what they're saying. And then our, you know, the job of a parent is to protect kids from what they don't know that they're going to do. So, is there anything that they can do that that maybe someone can do to protect their kids from a lot of the hurt that will ensue of, you know, people coming in and out? I mean, it it happens. It's, It's it's it's. Really, it's a sad fact of ministry, but how do we protect our kids? Uh, well, the, and, and and just for the sake of, you know, it's literally the the pastor's, you know, offspring, his kids, their yeah, children, yeah. because people will come and go, but those kids will see, you know, they'll see the lean and they'll see the bounty, the plentiful. Absolutely, yeah, and and I would like to say that every time we've been outstanding at that. Uh, but there have been times we've not done as well. And I think um, as children, the level that we allow them uh, to have engagement, the level of entrance into those into their hearts, that that's how we've learned to guard it. Uh, for instance, you know, uh, until that we know that a student or even an adult, is completely uh, on the path, you know, on the path to really understanding their purpose and that they have value and worth. Uh, we have learned to try to um, only allow them so much depth into their life, if that mm, makes okay, sense. Yeah, you know, because yeah. uh, I mean, look, for instance, I guess so those that don't know me and are listening to this, so you'll understand. Maybe this will make sense. Sons and daughters that have been with me five and six years, you know, they can come and pick up my kids and take them and get ice cream. It's all good. 
you know, I, I, I trust them completely. They're good. They're going to ride in their car. They're, they're going to stay, even stay all night like my student pastor. Stay all night with them. I'm good with that. But if you're just on the path and you want to take my kids downtown here and get them a, you know, an ice, you know, a snow cone or whatever, you know, it's like, man, we're not quite, we're, we're not quite there yet. You know, we'll take them later. It's all good. Thank you for offering, mm, okay. you know. <laughs> and so I think sometimes the level of engagement that we do helps protect them. And, and we tell them, you know, uh, we're just honest with them. We say that they love Jesus. And they're trying to find their way. They're trying to find their destiny. We're trying to help them. Uh, if they say things or do things that you know that are not in, you know, not not in God's word, and, and they don't they don't line up with that, then you know, just you know, just walk on. It's okay. You don't you don't need to point it out. Don't mm. don't be judgmental or, or condemn them. But also don't flow with that either. Yeah. You know, you don't 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 follow that lead if we're not standing there. And uh, and it's it's a lot easier for my teenage son than it is my nine year old girl because she as you well know she is a firecracker. She just knows you just stopped her from getting free ice cream. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's all she. Hears. That's all she knows. That's all she hears. So I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean it's it's the sacrifice of of a pastor or something, but the family's just a whole nother level. Absolutely. Um, but I'm so thankful that that we are really. Um, in a time, and, and I really feel like the denomination is really pushing pastors to be famous at home. Amen. Um, I really, I feel like when, when they get the pastors together, um, or if they have, um, you know, leaders in, in our denomination are really putting an emphasis on, um, you know, be famous at home. Don't let your kids feel like they're making this huge, the, a bigger sacrifice than, you know, your person that's giving so much. Because I feel like there is a culture of PKs who grew up without without fathers or without mothers because they were slaves to the church, not servants. No, I think that's a very valid thing. And, and, I, and of course, my people know, too, uh, the first five years I was here, I had it all wrong. I had it all wrong. We had a kid in, in 04, had Josiah, and the Lord just awakened me. You know, that number one is my relationship with him. And number two is my wife. Number three is my kids. And my church is fourth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a believer wherever I go. So I, I, I'm following the call of God if I'm in the post office or I'm in City Hall or wherever. Uh, but the actual church uh, it, it, it's number four and it never can take that place. And, and I know what you're saying is so true. You know, I grew up as a, as a pastor's son and I understand that struggle. Uh, but I really think we bring honor to God when we, when we honor that order. Mm. I think that order is, is something that everybody needs to do. You know, your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your spouse, then your kids, then your church. Yeah. And that's, I'm just very thankful that we as a denomination and the church as a whole really is getting a very healthy view on that. Absolutely. Um, and so we are we are getting near the end here. Um, but let's really let's really take a few minutes here and sit down in some practical, practical um you know, I don't want to say, like you said earlier, I wish I could give you a prescription for this, but so some practical tips and advice for maybe, you know, like I said, the the 
the the parents who want a culture of honor in their house or maybe the youth leader who they're volunteer but how maybe they can start creating a culture of honor just with their their students or the pastor who wants to create in his church or maybe you know someone who wants to create that the manager wants to create it in their in their uh, workplace um, you know so what would be if I if if you were going to tell me uh, to create a culture of honor in the most practical way uh, what would be some of your like best five tips or something like that oh wow yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't feel like you have to hit five. It's just, yeah. you know, like I mean, you can start with number one, and we can just see where we go. Yeah, I, well, I think number one, because we're just talking about overall honor, regardless mm-hmm. whether church or work or school, whatever, is whoever um, supervises you, whoever leads you, whoever um, has authority over you, instead of always uh, questioning them, instead of always. Uh, getting upset when they don't say or do what you think they should do. Try just doing, doing it, doing what they ask, what they require. If you're on your job and you're told to do something and you think you could do it a better way, instead of arguing with your boss, why don't you just say, you know, I'm doing this under the Lord and I'm just going to work hard and I'm going to honor my boss and say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What do you want? I'm going to get at that and work as unto the Lord. And and I think that will begin to shift the atmosphere Uh, at school. Instead of questioning your teacher all the time or your professor, just, you know, do it as unto the Lord and, and, and do it that way, I think, because that really changed everything. And what changed that for me is a book that I read many years ago, and it's old. He's re-released it. It's called Undercover by John Bevere, and that will totally wreck you if you're struggling with honor, especially in the area of authority. It'll wreck okay. you. Um, so I think that's where you start. I think that's the number one thing. Instead of rebelling... Because that's what we're talking about, is rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 the and, and what hurts honor more than anything is rebellion. Mm. When we rebel, so I think instead of being rebellious, be submissive. Uh, you know, and, and people say, "Well, ah, this is not the culture we live in." You know, rage against the machine, so to speak. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, that, this yeah. is one of those. This is definitely an area where the church culture is very counter to American culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if we don't agree, we should ride in the streets according to American culture. Let's, let's, let's just burn the place to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, uh, cause this is a kingdom culture. Yeah. And, and even though we are subject to the, to our president, to our governor, to whoever it is, and we should honor them according to scripture, at the end of the day, we are absolutely subject to the king, and that's mm-hmm. Jesus. You know, and, and and so we have to look at things from that perspective. So that's what I was talking about earlier is understanding that. And, and instead of rebelling, just submitting and doing it as unto the Lord. Because when you do that, you take a weight off of yourself. Mm. You take a weight off. When you submit and, and as do it as unto the Lord, you, you remove so much weight off of your life because now it's not you that has to answer for this. It's the Lord. He's got your back. He, it's a weight he can carry. Yeah, he can handle it. He can handle it, but we can't. And, but as long as we try to, we stay broken down and we end up in a culture of dishonor and rebellion. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the number one thing. Okay. Uh, uh, if we're going for practicality, number two. I, I think you need to start uh, instead of trying to find the flaw in everybody around you, try to find the good in them. Mm, 
Okay. I mean, try to find find out what they do good and celebrate it. Mm. You know, don't always find because you know it's easy to pick out the flaws. I mean, they they stand out. Yeah. You know, they stand out, but find something good and and celebrate it and tell them how how great they are at that. And I think that brings honor too, and that's easily done. That's that's done on every level. It's easy to find something, and you say, "Well, everybody, I can't find something good." Well, I think if you search hard enough, you'll find something good. I served a pastor one time when I was a student pastor. That, uh, and this is a true story. Prostitute walks by the church, and it's in a really depressed area, and uh, he's having this conversation with this prostitute right out in front of the church, and people are like, "This what in the world's wrong with the pastor?" He's talking to a prostitute and when she leaves he looks at me and he said you know that's one of the most caring people you'll ever meet and i'm like and he was talking the conversation they were having was she knew somebody that was on the other side of town that didn't have food and she was telling him if you can help me if you can help me and get me some food, I'll take it to them. Oh, and, wow. it's, it's a, here's this lady who is selling her body mm-hmm to take care of her own self is worried about bringing food to this family who doesn't have food. And that is an aha moment for me as a 19 year old. I'm like, wow, you can find good in anybody if you search. Mm-hmm. And so I think number two, practical stop, stop looking for all the negative and a way to criticize everybody and find something good. Mm. It's, it's really, you know, um, a term that they use in business management is catch people in the act of doing good. Yeah, yeah. Because it seems like they always, I always felt like in my job, the manager only shows up when I'm like, I finally took a, like a breather, like, oh, I catch my breath. <laughs> you are doing nothing. Uh, and it's like, well, let's catch people when they're doing, and, and maybe it's just as much as, hey, you did an awesome job, like just high-fiving people today. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and if that's all you can do, then that might just make that person's day. It, it'll really change the room. Mm. It'll change the room. When you find something good and you celebrate it, it changes the room because especially if somebody knows like they messed up, mm. you know, and I've been guilty of that in the past of somebody messing up and instead of uh, saying, okay, well, you know, we that, that wasn't good, but I think we can do this. I think if you do this, you can do that. Uh, you know, just saying, oh, man, that was awful. You know, when you do that, it, that changes the room, too. Mm. That changes the room in yeah. a bad way. I mean, it gives us an opportunity as leaders to give people a stronger understanding of grace or mercy. Absolutely, yeah. Because they know they've messed up. And if the first thing you say is something to love on them, then they're because for me, I feel like they're just flinching. Like they know that why they're why you're talking to them. Here it comes, yeah. Yeah, and and then, but if it's if it's warm and and loving, then they're like, okay, I don't know what to expect here, but this is different and this is nice. And, exactly, yeah. And, and and the caveat to that is we're not talking about people that are engaged in sinful activity that are trying to train wreck a yeah, ministry or a life. A we're, bonehead move of like yeah, yeah. Can you, you you said this to this person yeah, and you yeah. didn't know what you were saying exactly yeah so um i mean that that's definitely so is it, are we stopping there I, no i mean i can talk about this a while you know that so i'm <laughs> trying to be mindful of that because i really believe in this um and I think with those two things, I think another thing that you can do, uh, I guess it'd be number three, is then find ways to um, find ways to make a physical, if you will, or a tangible, maybe that's a better word, tangible. a, ta- a yeah. tangible um, way to show it. 
Okay. To show it. Uh, so you know, don't just be all talk is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. There has to be, a, I mean, uh, if somebody does something that is incredible and you want them to feel that honor and that value. I mean, for us, one thing we love to do, and I've found that it works for almost everybody if to show them is to cook for them. Okay. You know, to bring them home and grill a steak for them. Well, or, what if or, someone can't cook? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that works for us. Yeah. It, uh, it, but, it definitely works here. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's an amazing cook. Native uh, Souls listeners. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Uh, but my wife is too. So, uh, but I think another thing is take them out to eat. You know, okay. take, take them out to eat. Take them to a restaurant and say, hey, uh, and, and tell them before you go. So I, I'm, I'm taking you out to eat. It's no argument where I'm buying today. I want you to get whatever you want i just want to say thank you i just want to celebrate you today uh, i think tangible acts mm. go a long way in creating that culture of honor uh, or um uh, i mean some people respond to a card i mean we've even had people that you could send them a card or handwritten note or uh, everybody's different you have to find out what their language is you know mm. what what language of honor you can you can do tangibly uh to to connect with them um, and so, I just want to break yeah, in here real yeah, quick because in. I feel like um, as far as in a ministry aspect, a lot of people will hear that and say, well, it's like a church credit card or things like that. And it's like this is as much for the pastor or the leader as it is for the average Joe. Absolutely. Um, because when, when we take um, – and I feel like God will lay people on our hearts. He does for me and Jess a lot. And and if we will take and bless them, bless his people, he will bless us in return. And so don't think that it's like, well, I have to have a church credit card to take these people and do something. No. No, take take your money. I yes. Mean, and, 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 and do be wise with it. So obviously if, if you've got a – Bologna and and <laughs> mustard budget. Don't don't go get the fillet. That's exactly right. Um, but but just love on people in the way that you can and be wise with it, and God will return that to you. And when, once me and Jess stopped looking for that return, as in financial, like dollars and cents, but we just saw it would be we would love on someone. And someone would love on us in such a way that it blew our minds away. Exactly. And so, um, so, so don't think that it has to be, you know, a leader of your ministry doing that. Because I feel like a lot of times someone would listen, and be like, "Well, I wish my pastor would do that." And that really gets back to honor. Your first one is then you model it. That's right. You started. Don't. Yeah, you can't receive what you don't give. Yeah. And so I just wanted to put that because I've, that's been a huge blessing in my life of the Lord would lay a, a person, a pastor, or just someone in ministry that we were around and say, you're going to take, you know, take that person out or, or we would be out and buy their dinner. Buy, and it's like, if God tell it, the way that I've been telling people recently, um, and I was sharing this with, uh, with our team when we were in Maine is when it comes to praying for people, the devil's not going to tell you to go pray for people. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's not going to tell you to go love on people when nope. it's a sacrifice of your own. Absolutely. And so, you know, follow that because that's the Lord wanting you, you know, want, it's, a, it's an act of worship. Absolutely. And, it, and, and that's fun. I've always just seemed to enjoy those moments. So, so I don't want people to feel like, well, um, I can't do that because we can all do that. You can do it. I mean, you need a cup of coffee. Take somebody out for a cup of mm. coffee. I mean, just do something tangible. I mean, it, you just be surprised what it'll do. Mm-hmm. So, so that 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 was a. Uh, I really feel like that's a good good moment to stop. Um, 
And so we had a technical issue tonight. <laughs> he lost Diz and Sherman. Um, so people are going to be wondering where they were. And, and so, you know, they are in Illinois having a grand old time. I mean, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, for all we know, it, the floodwaters have risen there. That's why they lost. That's all why we oh, lost Lord. them. Uh, they're in our hearts, and we're praying for them wherever they may be. Um, so, but Randy, it's been such a joy having you, and and you've definitely shared a lot of wisdom that that um, not only that we can learn from, but I feel like as with your ministry to students, uh, it's seeds that you've planted that that you'll see grow later. Um, because I think that that is something that also needs to be said. Just because you plant the seed doesn't mean you'll be the one to harvest. That's right. That's exactly. And that's right. the tough part of the kingdom. It is. Yeah. Really tough part because I feel like there are probably um, a few, I don't know, dozen people that you've probably beat your guts out to sow into. And then you've probably seen them due to life go somewhere else and watch someone else do that harvest. But, you know, it's God getting the the bounty. So that's right. So I want everyone to to be mindful of that because um, it seems like. When you begin to take um, in ministry, take things personally is when you're setting yourself up for hurt. Absolutely. And it's just about, you know, if you can just get people in the right place and just if it's not your win, but it's someone else's, that person's the win. Amen. Um, But I want to end on this thing here and then we'll have one, one, one other thing before we sign off. But you talked about um, earlier, you talked about... um, helping someone unlock their gift, their gift. So this definitely happens in worship more than just about any other gift. But a lot of people feel like their gift would be is on the stage musically. And then you start putting the key in the lock to unlock that gift. And you're like, hold on a second. This is not, this is not the gift we're supposed to unlock here. Cause it's, Maybe they can't sing. Maybe they can't. They have no rhythm. You know, there, there's all of these issues that come up. So in a, in, in a fun way or maybe even a serious way, what's the next step of telling someone, sweetie, this ain't for you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is the hardest thing ever. <laughs> it is the hardest thing ever. I don't care who says it's not. It's hard. Uh, like my little girl, <laughs> she wants to sing so bad, and I just have to look at her with my best Simon Cowell and say, you're not any good. <laughs> you're not any good. Uh, but you can dance great. Uh, so I guess jokingly and seriously both, because I've had people, you know, when they audition, because we do that, and uh, and we try to make that kind of a not a big deal. We'll do it with me and one or two other people. And, uh, and we'll do that and, and we'll be like, you know, I just, I'm not sure if that's what God wants you to do. I mean, uh, how passionate are you about it? And if they'll be like, yeah, just, that's all I can think about. And that's all I can do. Then we try to say, well, have you thought about serving like as a member of our audio techs, you know, our team mm-hmm. with audio techs or media so you can still be involved in that and be a part of, cause those people are part of the worship team too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we'll try to handle it that way. And then sometimes people just don't get it. And you have to just unfortunately be honest and say, with the love of God in my heart, and I don't mean this in any harm or any way to you, but I just don't feel like that's what God called you to do. It's, and, and if they push the issue, which I've only had happen twice, uh, you just have to say, can you not hear that? You know, like a note and mm-hmm. you're not matching that note. And and, and uh, explain to them that that God really wants you to be, you know, a worshiper, you know. And so I believe that you know everybody's made to worship, so you need to pursue God in that worship, but also try to find out what their gift is. Uh, and that happens in like our connect group. So we'll try to push them to that connect group, and I'll tell whoever's doing that, whether it's my wife or my DJ, my discipleship pastor, I'll be like, hey, let's really make sure we find out what they're really gifted at so we can get them plugged in, because mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel no no value. or Yeah, because you know, it's easy for that person to kind of get lost right there. Yeah, they can get lost or they can get offended, too, mm-hmm. and then that offense is hard to, to, to overcome because mm-hmm. the devil uses that. And so that's uh, hard, man. That's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, but but I mean that's the one. I feel like when it comes to ministry, the best stories come from those right there. Oh yeah, and I've got some, but I'm not sharing them right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, we can just not post this episode and share whatever. Um, well, with that, um, you know, we're going to close up, and we like to close in prayer, and um, and so, you know, usually I would put Diz or Sherman on the spot, but. Uh, since they're not here, I'm putting you on the spot, Randy. Oh, man, okay. And so why don't you just pray um, pray to release honor in, in the lives of our listeners. And and uh, and so once he once he hits the amen, we're going to we're going to sign off. It's been it's been a great episode. I've definitely enjoyed this. Um, a lot of these episodes with our guests, it doesn't feel like we're doing a podcast. It feels like we're hanging out. And so it's been so much fun. So, Randy, go ahead. Uh, Father, I just thank you uh, for everyone who's listening to this. I just ask that you would just begin to awaken in their hearts uh, not only the need for honor, but, Lord, to have a desire to honor. I ask that uh, the words that we've spoken tonight uh, through conversation, that it would just stir something in their hearts, in their minds, to understand the significance of what happens when we honor you and then honor, you know, each other. Because, God, we're, we were all created in your image and according to your likeness. And there's value and worth in every one of us. So I'm just asking that as they begin to embrace that and begin to release that in every area of their life, in their families, on their job, at school, and, and in their churches, that, God, they would begin to see how incredibly, how incredibly you will move and begin to change atmospheres and change the culture and bring an anointing and favor and transformation to con- entire regions as honor begins to counter the culture of rebellion and, and disobedience and dishonor. Lord, I just pray for courage. I pray for those who are struggling even to think about honor God, that, that you would give them the courage to step out and just start, to just start in the simplest of ways and to watch uh, you move, God, in their lives. I'm just believing that for everyone who will uh, who answer the call to honor. I pray your favor to follow them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.